For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, with the latest readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up Email newsletter, which is free and you should subscribe to it, as you should also contribute to support our work, which is not free. In return, in this week's video, I will not attempt to speak Norwegian. Not even to try to pronounce the name of Statistics Norway, aka Statistics Central Bureau. But I will mention that it is, quote, the National Statistical Institute of Norway and the main producer of official statistics, end quote. And I mention that because it just published a paper, quote, to what extent are temperature levels changing due to greenhouse gas emissions, end quote. And luckily, you don't need to speak or read Norwegian to get at it because it's also available in English. And it's important because the abstract bluntly declares that, quote, standard climate models are rejected by time series data on global temperatures, end quote, while the conclusion goes on, quote, the results imply that the effect of man-made CO2 emissions does not appear to be sufficiently strong to cause systematic changes in the pattern of the temperature fluctuations, end quote. Yikes. It wouldn't be remarkable if we said something like that. But for a paper from a government agency to dare to address openly so many questions that the alarmist establishment has spent decades declaring taboo, from the historical record on climate to the existence of massive uncertainty among scientists about it, is big news. I'm going to resist quoting the whole thing, even though it warms a historian's heart by complaining, among other things, that while global climate models, also known as GCMs, attribute most warming since 1950 to humans, quote, Temperature reconstructions indicate that there is a warming trend that seems to have been going on for as long as approximately 400 years. Prior to the last 250 years or so, such a trend could only be due to natural causes, end quote. And it also goes even further back and says, quote, The preceding four interglacial periods at about 125,000, 280,000, 325,000, and 415,000 years before now, with much longer glacial periods in between, are seen to be warmer than the present, end quote. Rather than going on in that vein, we will simply praise Statistics Norway, and not annoy them by trying again to say their real name, for having the courage to raise these sorts of questions, almost exactly as if climate science were like the real kind. So, Thank you, Statistics Norway, or perhaps I should, or shouldn't say, Bragjort. And now let's hear from Statistics Canada, in English, French, or both. In the newsletter, we also note another whack-a-mole alarmist climate scare. This one goes, quote, exclusive, glaciers vanishing at record rate in Alps following heat waves, end quote. And of course, quote, Swiss glaciers melt faster than expected, end quote, the thoroughly settled science on climate being forever surprised by actual real-world events. And then there's the Guardian's bold, quote, decades of devastation ahead as global warming melts the Alps, end quote. Uh, no, wait, that one was in 2003. And it thundered, quote, scientists now believe global warming is melting the Alps, threatening widespread devastation over the next two decades, end quote. So, we've been living through that widespread devastation for 20 years without noticing, and here it comes again, this time for sure or last time because the melting of Swiss glaciers was actually a hot topic a year ago too. Now the SwissInfo.ch piece on faster than expected, exactly as predicted, tells us, quote, the volume of glaciers in Switzerland is decreasing every year and, drumroll please, faster than expected. Last year the glaciers in Switzerland lost 6% of their volume, this year it is 4%, end quote. Boo, or boo-hoo even if there are no penguins in that specific locale. But hang on a year or two. Because in the first place, 
If weather's variable, there's always likely to be some place that's seeing unusually fast melting, just as somewhere else will see ice accumulating unusually fast. As, dare we say, a few places will have a lot of wildfires and others will have surprisingly few, and the press will run in circles screaming and shouting only about the former. In the second place, if man-made climate heating kicked in about a decade ago, or two, or now even three, what's with Swiss glaciers losing so much of their volume between 1960 and 1990, not to mention from 1860 to 1960? Could it have been natural melting? So we'd also like to hear from these journalists how long Swiss glaciers have been retreating. It's not by any chance several centuries, is it, as in Alaska, New Zealand, Montana, India, and other places on the planet Earth? Because if something's been going on for 150 years or more, blaming it on something that's been going on for 30 years isn't just insolent, it's adult. We might also ask these reporters why, if the Alps were ice-free or nearly so during the Roman Warm Period and the Holocene Climatic Optimum, and then ferociously cold and hostile during the Little Ice Age, is it a big surprise that the ice is melting now? Unfortunately, they would just find some expert who says to tell them there was no Roman Warm Period or something along those lines. And now, a word from our sponsor. And yes, again, that's you. All the people out there who are already backing our work and all the people who are subscribing, more than 84,000 of you on YouTube alone, where we've had almost 10 million views. But we need to keep up the momentum. And that's why I interrupt to pass the hat to those of you who aren't already backers and say please make a pledge, one time or monthly, $3, $5, $10, whatever you can afford so we can continue to push back against the climate cult and win this battle. And now, Back to me. And speaking of the experts who say, quote, German climate experts warn that the consequences of global warming will have massive impacts on life on Earth, pointing to the record number of extreme weather events such as floods, heat waves, and forest fires this year, end quote. Since we didn't have a record number of extreme weather events this year, is it possible that everything else they said was wrong too? Yep including this gem, quote, the opportunity to stabilize the climate with relatively little effort has been missed, experts said, end quote. As if it had ever been possible to stabilize the climate, even with enormous effort. How would you have prevented the Little Ice Age? What would you have done? It's just nonsense. In the newsletter, we also observe that Volkswagen must be thinking, good thing the Canadian government's giving us billions, as Bloomberg reports that, quote, Volkswagen cuts EV output at German sites as demand craters, end quote. Yep, our politicians sure can pick winners, all right, and nothing beats their timing. We also have a tip for, quote, the band of debunkers busting bad scientists, end quote, who are profiled in the Wall Street Journal for their efforts to expose papers that are based on bad data, sometimes even fraudulent data, and to show that peer review is far from being the silver bullet it's often touted as. But we notice that in all its examples and discussion, it doesn't once mention climate, and we say it really should go after that as well. Especially since after Nobel Prize-winning physicist John Clauser expressed pointed doubts about climate alarmist orthodoxy, claiming that the climate is a largely self-regulating system through the action of clouds, his scheduled talk to the IMF was cancelled, purely coincidentally, on completely different grounds. And from the Tree Schmee file, we bring you David Gellies in the New York Times, amplifying computer geek billionaire Bill Gates' contempt for nature, quoting the latter that, quote, I don't plant trees, end quote. 
Gallus says that he then followed up regarding, quote, the voguish notion that planting enough trees might somehow solve climate change, end quote, and Gates snapped, quote, that's complete nonsense. Are we the science people or are we the idiots? Which one do we want to be, end quote? Unfortunately, which one you want to be and which one you end up being sometimes diverge. In the newsletter, we also complain that, as if there weren't already enough climate summits, the New York Times reports that the UN has hosted yet another one, this time called the Summit on Climate Ambition, which was distinguished by only inviting irrelevant countries to speak. Quote, at a Summit on Climate Ambition, the US and China end up on the B list. The world's two biggest polluters were not invited to speak at a United Nations meeting designed to highlight effective action against warming, end quote. That's showing them. Nothing says effective climate action like leaving out the people doing most of the emitting and not forcing them to come and talk to you and say the same old cliches. Mind you, having them attend, say, COP28 in Dubai this November and December won't accomplish anything either, except, of course, to give off more CO2. We also observed that there were cheers and tears when Coco Gauff, who's just 19, won the U.S. Open women's tennis title at Arthur Ashe Stadium last month, her first major. But some climate protesters who think democracy is for losers nearly ruined it, creating a 49-minute delay by staging a disruptive intrusion in which one glued his bare feet to the ground. Do they really think this wins the points with the public? It's not as though the crowd hasn't heard of climate change. Many of them are no doubt in favor of drastic climate policy action. But if they're already convinced, why annoy them? As for those who aren't already convinced, will this selfish stunt win them over? Hardly. Actually, according to the Times, quote, Gauff said she didn't know exactly what the protesters were calling for, but added that she believes in climate change, end quote. So, she's already on your side. Why derail her achievement or try to? And who are you to charge onto the court and displace the people who've earned the right to be there? Legends in your own mind, that's who, and irritations in just about everyone else's. In the newsletter, we also note a piece from Reuters complaining that, quote, Asia's coal sector has gone from thinking they are in terminal decline as the world shifts to a net-zero carbon future to seeing themselves as being part of the energy mix for decades to come while raking in profits, end quote. And note the peculiar mix in the story of hard news, that's the stuff about burning coal, with this ritual empty, quote, as the world shifts to a net-zero carbon future, end quote, for which there is literally no evidence whatsoever. And note, that while those with no responsibility for actual power delivery portray a world where alternative fuels leap from triumph to triumph, those with practical, everyday, earn-living responsibilities for producing the stuff are leaning heavily on hydrocarbons. The newsletter also continues our look at those dangerous, subversive authors whose paper was withdrawn due to its implications, not to any flaw in its facts. And this week, the topic is trends in natural disasters, which we keep being told are going up and up. And, in this, our final week of looking at that paper, we have to acknowledge that, yes, there is one disaster series showing a strong upward trend across the 20th century, roughly matching the pattern of global warming. Now do you believe humans are upsetting the delicate balance of nature? But there's a catch. This chart shows the number of reported earthquakes. And not even in the deepest, gooeyest bogs in the alarmist fever swamp will you find anyone claiming greenhouse gases cause earthquakes. Oh. Wait, you will, and it's NASA. But never mind, because the people who publish this data don't claim that there's an upward trend in actual earthquakes, only in the number that got reported. 
Now, if you put all natural disasters together, you get an even more striking rise in the 20th century. But, the authors argue, disasters overall didn't increase. It's just that, as with earthquakes, people got better at reporting and recording them. This week we also close out our review of Bjorn Lomberg's massive analysis of 21st century climate change and climate policy by zooming out to put that policy into the larger context of all the other challenges the world faces. Other than green zealots in wealthy countries, who thinks climate is really the top priority? And if we list the things that we could be doing to try and make people's lives better and then rank them based on likely payoffs, where does climate action appear on the list? Plot spoilers. Almost nobody, and way down low. On the first point, a clue is found in the ranking of the environmentally related causes of death. Climate change is way down low, just above radon gas. Ordinary air pollution, both indoors and out, is a far bigger threat to people, which is why it's important to support poor countries that want to build modern power plants, including coal-fired ones, to electrify their homes and industries and improve air quality. Because at the moment, people are, among other things, breathing in smoke from burning dung. And that is really bad for you. So, why is everyone obsessed about climate change? Well, they're not. It's strictly a rich man's game, even though we're told that global warming hits the poor hardest both within and among nations. As a matter of fact, when the UN organized a scheme in 2015 in which 10 million people around the world got to vote on their priorities for government action, education and health were at the top, while action on climate change was at the bottom. It didn't just rank below getting more political freedom or getting less corruption. It ranked below cell phone access. Some crisis this one's turning out to be. And finally, as usual, we conclude the newsletter with an item from the CO2Science.org archive. In this case, a study using proxy climate records to try to figure out what the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, or PDO, and the El Nino-Southern Oscillation, and so, did over the last 400 years. And the answer is, they seem to have shifted about in roughly the same ways they've done in the last and best documented century. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and I know climate common sense when I hear it, even in Norwegian. Thank you.